Good morning. It's morning huddle time. Chad Prinky here, as always, along with my good friend, producer, co-host extraordinaire. Hey, how do you want us to install this uh, water heater? And my coworker's like, I don't know, ins install the water heater. Like, <laughs> why are you even asking me? He's like, well, I don't know if you know, but what you designed, it can't physically fit through the front door <laughs> of this building. My class is only 40 minutes. So we have to get this done in 40 right? minutes. You have to clean up in 40 minutes. And then it also, when you use the miter saw, a lot of kids are scared of the miter saw and you just see the difference in their confidence when they come in here compared to when they when they leave, it, they're excited. Be announcing a new county that's gonna join us in Maryland. So we continue to spread it. And I'll say my peers across the country are starting to take this and adopt this at their local IEC chapters. Either um, AI assistant tools, you have AI master builder tools, and then you have um, kind of a bit of both that are one foot in BIM in current processes and one foot in AI. Said Brett, in life, opportunity meets you at your level of preparation. She said, Here's the keys, go forth and do great things. Good morning. It is morning huddle time. Chad Prinky here alongside Stacy Holzinger. Stacy, how are you today? I'm doing good this morning. What's yeah. What's going on in your world? I got to tell you, you're, you're streaking. You're like a full month into the year without being sick, Stace. What's going on? It, I haven't been sick since September. It's been amazing. I love it. Find wood and knock. Now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it is great to see uh, that you really, in all sincerity, last year you spent too much time sick. So it's great to see that you're feeling good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what have uh, you been up to? I've been seeing some posts that you're working with some great companies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we, one of the things that we spend a lot of time doing at uh, well-built consulting, which is, which is the day job is uh, we get a chance to do a lot of retreat facilitation and seems like pretty much from like October through February, you know, kind of thing that tends to be a, a pretty heavy retreat season. And, and it is, it talk about an inspiring job. I feel, I feel just so fortunate to be in all these situations where uh, companies are pulling together all their amazing people and they're working on, you know, creating a vision and getting excited about their business. And, um, you know, I, it, it fills us with a, with a lot of energy, my, me and, and, you know, in our team. So, uh, yeah, we were just with uh, Hercules fence, which is a really big company. Like they do a lot of fence, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. This, the size of this, uh, group and, you Are know, they in our area. Or? So yeah, their home base, okay. their corporate headquarters in Norfolk, Virginia, okay which I owe and, 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 uh, they have a couple of offices down in that region, which, you know, to me seems like one spot on the map, but if you're down there actually is very different. There's a, a difference between Norfolk and Yorktown, and then they have office in, um, in Richmond and then up in, uh, Maryland and, and man, they do, they just have a, they have a, a really big presence across the region. They do a ton of the data center work in Northern Virginia. They do, uh, the, you know, projects like if you ever watch a documentary about January 6th, 2021, if you watch a documentary from January 6th, 21, you'll see the Hercules fence logos all over the place, uh, <laughs> as they were, as they were doing all those fences down uh, at the oh, Capitol okay. afterwards, right. They were reinforcing perimeter security at the Capitol. 
So yeah. yeah. Anyway, big company, great people, a uh, lot of fun. That was just this past weekend. And, and, uh, you know, um, like I say, it's a great time of year. How about you? What's going on in your world, Stacy? I, 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 I just found out you're not a full-time podcast producer. I kind of thought it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm doing a lot of website work. I, you know, a lot of people like to rebrand and start their website in the new year and goals like that. Um, you know, there's, I feel like the dirt world is dominating when it comes to marketing and construction, but mm. I've seen an uptick and I'm working with electrical contractors, roofing companies, um, definitely site work companies, but other trades that are finally, you know, revamping their websites, trying to get up to date, trying to have marketing materials ready, um, to hand out. And then also social media. I mean, there's companies that still are just jumping on board and we, I mean, LinkedIn's been around for 20, 22 years, something Sounds like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still like just joining, but I'm, I'm glad that they're joining. Welcome. I'm yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the party. It's all good. Yeah. I think that's great. But, yeah. and, and just out of curiosity, why do you think the, the, the excavation contractors have been early adopters on or earlier adopters on I think creating uh, brand presence and such? Aaron from Buildwit has, mm -hmm. if you follow him, he's, you know, created a beautiful thing over there, has a wonderful team, mm -hmm. has photographers, videographers, and they just focus on that niche. And he's doing a great job with that niche. We just need more marketing professionals to focus on all the other trades. I think there's like, what, 22 of them. Um, they're not getting enough attention. So that that's Call, an issue. calling all marketing professionals, calling all marketing professionals. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Awesome. Well, okay. So I want to introduce uh, our guest today. Our guest is uh, a longtime friend uh, of mine, and I know you you've known him quite a while uh, too, Stacy, and ha have you know sounded like lots of overlap in the different stuff that you guys are are doing together. Uh, his name is Henderson. Mike, good to see you this morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Yeah. It's good to be with you. So my, yeah, we were talking before we went on about, you know, the best podcasts do good chit chat before <laughs> you guys do good chit chat. We're, we're, we, we, I think here's the, I think the secret, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think this, I think the secret is that Stacy and I like each other, uh, which is, that's big. It, it comes through. You can't fake it. Mike is the, uh, the president of ABC Baltimore. ABC Baltimore, I think, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, the oldest chapter uh, of the Associated Builders and Contractors? No. Uh, ABC was, right was born in Baltimore. Aha. So the national headquarters was Baltimore. So when they started thinking about chapters, expanding for them was the Eastern Shore and uh, Lancaster and whatnot. So we are not not the oldest chapter, but ABC was the birth. I'm sorry, Baltimore was the birthplace. Birthplace of ABC. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, Mike, how are things in in your world? I mean, how long? First off, how long have you been the chapter president at ABC? And then you served you served inside ABC as an employee elsewhere before I that, worked, right? Yeah, I worked uh, in the, at the national office in DC, and then we moved to Virginia, and now they're back in DC. I. That was a long time ago. Um, 
Yeah, so I was their director of communications, uh, marketing, business development, good stuff like that. And awesome. I spent three, four hours a day in a car or a train. So when the Baltimore job came open, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I just, I jumped at it and it's been, it's been a, a blessing. It's been a wild ride. Um, it's an amazing, it's a good job for me. I have a short attention span and there's a lot of things to, a lot of things buzzing around that we yeah. can focus our attention on. So it's, it's been a good fit for me and hopefully for this organization. Well, it's a really, really, uh, interesting political environment as it relates to construction, the state of Maryland. It's a very, it's a fascinating place to do business in the city of Baltimore in particular, uh, another fascinating place to do business. So, um, I think you've been plugged into that in a way that are we putting quote marks around fascinating? <laughs> so fascinating, fascinating meaning like, yeah, have you ever seen, Oh, a, I know what you mean by fascinating. Okay. Very good. I was, I was going to say like, like a train crash or a, you know, any number of those types of, uh, fascinating situations that, um, uh, but no, I, I think what, what has helped us a lot. And I don't know how much you want to go, go for it, man. Yeah. But, um, when we moved, you know, we, for years have been in the county. We used to, you know, borrow steel, uh, space to do training in. We're in the high schools at night. We had, uh, we were releasing space in the city and on the county when we decided to consolidate everything, um, in the city. And it was like central, we, we mapped where all of our members are and where all the apprentices live. And we picked a space that was central to all that. But we gained a lot of credibility with elected officials when we built this facility. Um, because at a time when people were leaving the city, um, we're the only, I think we're the only ABC chapter in the country and or located in an urban setting. Uh, and it's been amazing. It's been great. Um, that said, we're, we've, we do have, we do training in the county and uh, other locations, but 90% of what we do happens here um, at the Construction Education Academy. Well, you have a phenomenal facility. It's really nice. You, you've had some uh, really bold l volunteer leadership at the board level that I think had a vision and, um, you know, really it's an impressive thing that you guys have carried out. I, I was, I remember when I first heard about where you were going to set up and I remember I was nervous. I was like, Ooh, Are how's that going to go? Yeah. You and I, you weren't the only one. Um, I had, Oh, you're gonna lose your staff. You're going to lose your, no one's going to send people there. And thankfully, gratefully that has not. Yeah. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. It's been, you know, it's a vibrant place. If if anybody hasn't been by the ABC, if you're in this region and you haven't been by the ABC uh, Baltimore office, it, it's it's worth the trip. And I'm I'm sure you'll get a tour from one of their awesome staff. It's a it's a great place to be. So, well, thank you. That, that's a good that's a good primer. And I think when I when I think about ABC, of course, there's the natural tendency to think about it in terms of promoting the merit shop and protecting the merit shop philosophy and all the, the, the different markets that they're in. But I, 
I think about ABC as well as a uh, as that as a part of the broader effort to make construction a better place, to make it an easier industry to join, to make it a safer industry, to make uh, to 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 increase our our, our sense of. Uh, pride in our work and and all those types of things. And so how do ABC does that provides resources to companies and also to individual apprentices, future craftsmen, right? Future, future tradespeople. And I think um, w- one of the things that you ha- and I started, j- well, I just kind of learned about, you know, through you, um, uh, whatever in, in the past year is this idea of, growing the minority and women-owned contracting businesses in this region and and what would it take to make ABC Baltimore and and yeah to make ABC Baltimore a place where those contractors could go and um uh, become better versions of themselves so maybe let's talk a little bit about the the overall picture what is this concept that we've i've heard it called the incubator i've heard it some other terms as as brainstormings happened over the past few months talk about this this concept mike so we have created a accelerator um for early stage minority women business enterprises um the idea is to really go to the general contracting community and say, when you look at the NWBEs that you work with, who do you think has, you know, shows you, demonstrates to you, like if they were given some wraparound services, coaching, um, uh, support, accountability, uh, education, uh, financial resources that you think have the best opportunity to just take off and skyrocket. And so this is, we are doing two pilots, six months long, uh, five participants in each, um, uh, working with a host of people and putting this together. Um, a guy named Evan Roberts who runs Clipper construction. He and I have worked uh, closely on this. Um, you and I have spent a lot, a lot of time cause we have a whole, coaching piece to this it's really kind of the main piece to this um and you're kind of our quarterback coach um and we just started recently working with a group called innovation works this may be one of the most innovative um coolest uh, organizations i've come across uh in this region um and their president jay nawachu what they do is mentoring um and they did it they've done it for all sorts of businesses so they have great um, experience and depth in this area. Um, but what led us down this road, it was 20 something years ago and we were part of when they, when Hopkins was coming out with their bio um, med community and the whole East Baltimore development initiative. And they were looking for an organization that would come in and provide training and job opportunities for their local residents because all these people were being displaced by all the construction yeah 
And that's how a program called Project Jumpstart was created. And never imagined it would still be going strong 20 something, you know, 17, 18 years from now. But what I, what I, what I was struck with was there, there really wasn't anyone out there who was working with women, minority owned businesses to help them with a the backroom business, uh, you know, pricing, uh, profitability, operations, uh, managing your, your, your field force there. No, not in any structured of, way. Not no, in there's any a lot of people running around showing them here's where the opportunities are. Yep. Um, which is great. All fine and good. But the reality is the failure rate in this community of businesses is, hasn't changed much, still nearly double of that. And there's a lot of, a lot of reasons for that. You know, when we see somebody, we have 650 members, member firms. When and you say we here, you're talking about ABC, ABC. or not this incubator program. It's no, no, no. That would be a really big. That um, would be. Yeah, that would be <laughs> yeah. We would be nationwide. When, but when we, the most, what we see happen the most is uh, you were a really good carpenter or plumber or electrician, and you worked your way up in the company and you became a foreman and a super and an estimator. And, and one day you say, you know what, I can do this. And you go out and you start your own company and you may not have much more than a truck and equipment, but these companies have a hundred, 200 employees working for them now. I mean, it's just one, it's just the rarest of industries where you see that happen. But what we often see those opportunities in the minority community historically have not been as readily available to gain that kind of experience where you kind of get a chance to see the whole spectrum of what it takes to run a successful company. Yep. But you've got the state of Maryland and the city of Baltimore and other local jurisdictions that are saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to set aside 20, 25% of our construction needs to have participation from this community. So that's created a lot of opportunities. It's created a lot of challenges. So when we see a company go under, um, I'm talking now about an MWBE, it's rarely because they did not have enough business. Right. Yeah. They don't starve to death. More yeah. often than not, it's they took a job they probably should have not taken. As I or call it, food poisoning. Right. If it, it, right, you get starved to death or you can get food poisoning. They they tend to die because they don't they, they took on the wrong job, they couldn't handle it, or they took on too much work and they didn't have the staff. Absolutely. And you can hardly blame them. Your new company and opportunities are coming your way, and do you dare turn away business? But that's often uh the what sink can sink a company. So hmm. our focus is on all those 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 pieces that have been a harder more elusive for these companies um so we want to kind of so and the goal is that this is not a one and done we have to create a sustainable model so this is something we can do year in year out which which you have 
uh, a track record. You personally and the ABC Baltimore, I'll just call it community, has a track record of doing successfully. Project Jumpstart is uh, just one of the most wildly successful programs uh, I've ever seen of its type. I've, and I've been around most metro regions and watched their workforce development in action. And, and um, you know, the Jumpstart, what, can you do a 30-second overview of Project Jumpstart just for people who aren't familiar with that? Just as a, and again, the reason I'm calling this up is, is well, number one, it's good to talk about it and spread that word. But number two is that it helps to, to put some perspective around like, you know, we do, there is a track record here of saying, here's an unmet need, here's a bold idea, and we can make that happen. Mm-hmm. So as I said, so Hopkins was building a biotech community and to make that happen, they did a lot of housing, uh, a lot of new buildings, uh, people who lived in that region and that area of the city were being displaced. And the concern among private and public funders was that to make sure local residents got a chance to benefit economically. So there was a request for a proposal to uh, create a job training and job placement program. We we had played with this before and um, we did one, we, we did a, a, a pilot, we had, we had a trailer, we had 40 hour training, then we tried to place people and it failed in a spectacular way. And we learned a lot of great lessons from that, that you, so we're, we're going to historically underserved communities in the city mm-hmm. and there's a screening process and math testing and you're kind of gauging their commitment to working. And then most of the people that come to jumpstart are a little bit older they're late 20s early 30s even into their 40s and some of our best success stories are people who started in their 50s but they all had gone they've all had you know uh challenges and probably uh two-thirds of which they've gone through the criminal justice system and so at this point they were deadly serious about this opportunity so they go through a 14-week program, a uh, lot of emphasis on job readiness. We're not turning anyone into an electrician or a plumber, but they're getting those hands-on experience, but a lot more about this is what it takes to be a successful employee. And we bring in employers who talk about the opportunities, who talk about how to be successful. And because we have a track record and we have literally hundreds of great success stories, we bring in past graduates and we don't have to beg or pride to get them to come in. They want to come in and they tell their story and they go like, you know what? I sat where you're sitting. I thought the same thing. Like this is going to be a big fat waste of time. Like every other program I've been through. And you know what? If you invest in it, you know, they're going to invest in you. So we've been really fortunate. They go into apprenticeship. Uh, they're journeymen. They're, you know, one of our early graduates, he was just, uh, he he's ready to start his own company. Uh, talked about getting a house for his mother. His mother always took care, you know, always took care of him. Now he can take care of his mom. But there's like literally 
these stories are amazing. They really I, are. I was homeless, homeless and uh, and dealing with drug addiction. And now he's he's we have jumpstart students that now teach an apprenticeship program. Yeah. And we only take the best. And it's just anyway. It's been an amazing thing. Talk about a talk about a turnaround for an individual's life, and also helping to meet the workforce <laughs> needs. Uh, you know, and and again, it's it's a win win, and there's lots of these around, and I think that's where the minority and women, uh, uh, you know, a business enterprise incubator program can fit. I want to pause for a moment and thank our sponsors, the people who helped to uh, uh, spread the word of the huddle. We're we're uh, broadening our audience every day uh, because of the the you know um, partnership of these companies. I'll start with Marsh McLennan Agency, um, you know, the insurance, risk management, uh, surety, bonding, healthcare, and um, uh, you know, retirement and wealth services. Really, like everything under one banner, and they really specialize in working with construction companies. Um, that's that sort of mid-sized, uh, small to mid-sized contractor. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is their bread and butter, and um, if if you're not working with them today, or you don't know anybody there, uh, I'm confident that you would just benefit from knowing the people there, regardless of working with them. They really know their stuff. Uh, next is Sandy Spring Bank. Sandy Spring Bank uh, represents so many contractors in this region. They just uh, understand what it takes to run a construction company. They're there for these folks, and um, uh, you know, step up when they need to. When these companies need bridges and uh, you know, to, to, uh, to make it all happen. They treat them like a business partner and, uh, and they think like business owners, uh, can't say enough good things about those group, uh, about that group. Then there's Lawrence law, Mike, you know, Lawrence law, uh, they're good friends of ours, uh, both and, uh, Lawrence law, same. I mean, really, again, just there, she really understands, she, uh, you know, uh, Kate and her team really understand the, the, you know, construction community and what it takes to support, uh, you know, the, the, the legal needs of contractors of that small and midsize, uh, range. And then lastly, we have Katzebosch, which is a accounting firm also based in this region with another team of just awesome, uh, you know, accountants who understand how to, they understand a whip and they understand, you know, the unique nature of managing a construction, uh, you know, P and L and balance sheet. And these are, um, they're top notch people to work with, not only as tax and audit, but also as uh, business consultants. So thank you to those four sponsors, Mike, one of the things that you were talking about earlier that really, uh, uh kicked something in my, in my brain, jarred something loose. Have you ever, do you remember the book E-Myth? Have you ever read that book? It's an old book. Um, it's called the E-Myth. Is it enough that I've heard of it? What's that? I've heard of hey, the book. All right, good. Yeah. So, so one of the things that in the E Myth uh, that uh, the 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 central theme, right, is that in, in the beginning of the book they talk about a, a this woman who is awesome at making pies, and everybody in her life is like, "You should open up a pie shop." Well, meanwhile, she's got like a you know whatever a banking job or something like that, and she's like ho hum at her at her job, but she's passionate about making pies. And then one day she just says. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to strike out on my own. I'm going to become an entrepreneur and I'm going to open up a pie shop. And it sounds great. And she's really enthusiastic about it. And then a couple of years on, she realizes that she's got to run the books for this place, that she's got you know a, a staff that she has to hire and fire and, and deal with their showing up or not showing up. 
and uh, she's got customers that she's got to keep happy and and you know make sure that she keeps her ratings good and all that type of stuff. And and she realizes that now all of a sudden making her pies is actually something that depresses her. It makes her unhappy. And the story is that you know in in any business you got to have three um, you know uh, skill sets. You've got to have the the expert, the person that knows their stuff about the thing. You've got to have the manager, the person that understands how to manage and navigate the the individual, um, the people, the and the business, right? The the numbers and the people, uh, and then there's the entrepreneur, the visionary, the person who uh, you know can lay out the picture and um, see you know have the business acumen to make tough choices. And I think going back to this incubator program, one of the things you were talking about is a lot of these people who come out, they're experts. They know their stuff. They may know, they, they really understand how masonry works or they really understand how electrical uh, work operates. What they haven't done necessarily has been that manager or maybe they've been the manager as well, but they haven't been that entrepreneur. And I, and, and I think what I'm hearing you talk about is that those are the resources that those all three, but those are the resources that were prepared to wrap around these folks, to meet them where they are and help them to fill whatever, you know, gaps they need, both from a coaching standpoint and a hands-on execution standpoint. Does that sound right? Yeah, but I, I, as you're talking, I realize I probably should clarify something. I'm speaking in very broad terms right now. Of course. Um, some of our most successful and well-run companies um, are minority and women-owned. But there's just far too large of a, of a uh, there's too many people in the community that are not getting those same opportunities or have their expertise is they're, like I said, really good at their craft. Um, you know, if, if Maryland tomorrow were to say, all right, we're going to give a third of all construction is going to be set aside for white middle-aged and i'm gonna put quotes around uh middle-aged uh i think I this we both fit i think we're okay uh okay thanks <laughs> that was generous of you um you know if they were to say even though i have no idea how to run a construction company i'd like you know what i should give this a shot and i would likely fail spectacularly right but there's that carrot out there and so there's just there's just a real genuine need to create a sustainable enterprise that is going to be able to come alongside these companies. And again, not everybody is going to need this, but, um, and again, we're going to depend heavily upon our general contractor members to help identify and say, I think this guy is worth investing in. I think this woman is worth investing in. So that's what our folk, and we have, the team we have around them is, you know, even though you're, you know, in the room is flat out amazing. This is a great room. Uh, you know, you're serving as, you know, the management business planning guy, but you're also kind of the quarterback that's going to uh, kind of steer what our other coaches are doing. We've got this woman, Ver Verna Karolinko, who does a lot of work in um, with us in training, and she's got years of experience in um, uh, management, financial operations for contractors, every which size, shape, uh, specialty, 
She's amazing. She's one of our most popular teachers. And then we're going to have an individual. We're still landed on this person who's going to focus on estimating bid strategy and field operations. But then there's a lot of training involved in this. And they're going to, we're going to all be in the same location uh, in the space that um, Clipper is, has over uh, new space over in Locust Point and being together and having and kind of feeding off one another and the spirit of accountability and uh, being accountable to themselves and to each other. We think we're giving these companies the best chance at succeeding. That was a really long answer. And I really didn't even answer the question you posed, but that, uh, that's, that's, my, that's my thing. I'm really good. That's, at yeah. That. That's what I've come to expect. And that was in, and, uh, but somehow I feel good about the answer. I, and that's also, I think a magic trick that you have. No, I think I, you know, at the, at the end of the day where, what I, what I think we both believe philosophically, right. Is that there's a reason that there is business earmarked for these groups. And the, and the idea is to help historically disadvantaged groups to thrive, to, to have opportunities. And what we've both seen many, many times is that the opportunities themselves are not enough. The opportunities themselves can actually put these companies out of business instead of helping them to thrive. And so what we need, what that group needs is to be extremely well-run businesses and have the opportunities. And the combination between both of those things is what will oftentimes propel them to, to, to new heights. And then we'll have a much greater diversity in our business community as a result. And just like every program like this, I think the vision is to eventually not need it. <laughs> right, you know, every program like this, the vision is to phase it out because it's no longer necessary. And you're 100 right. We're fortunate enough to work with some awesome MBE, M MWBE uh, uh, companies ourselves, and these are just flat out great companies. Uh, but they're also they're too few. They're not enough that are, that have just become flat out great companies who've you know. Uh, uh, grown out, outgrown the 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 set aside status. Um, uh, they're they're not enough of those. We used to do tools. this program. Um, we have had a great partnership over the years with the Maryland Minority Contractors Association, and we used to have this best practice network where their their loop board would honor a general contractor who does the best job of fostering uh, positive communications uh, with the minority community. And then they, and then the general contractors would honor the company they think does, you know, just great at performing the work at managing the work and communication and all that. And I remember Jeff, Hargrave with Mahogany, and this was probably 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and Jeff now has moved on as general contractor. He also self, I mean, just he was a chairman of our board. And I remember Jeff saying when he was getting his award, the governor was there, was a part of it. And he said he, he thinks the goal for every MWBE is like to just be a contractor. Right. You get to the point where you're a contractor and people are you working with you and selecting with you beyond any designation that right. you just have. because you're better just because they right. like you better and, and you now do the designation work. creates that opportunity that's right um but the goal should not be 
just to stay there, but the goal was to grow up and beyond that. And I was really struck with Jeff's comments. I I think um, he's gotten there, right? If I'm not mistaken, oh, Jeff's, yeah, right? Jeff's definitely there. And and you know, I think about um, uh, another one of our guests actually, who's going to be uh, coming on this year, um, Greg from Ironshore. Ironshore is there. Oh, you know, they're Greg, just yeah. Just Greg, awesome company. we've seen his operation. We work with Greg closely. Greg is on our board. Um, yeah, uh, Greg is just does everything really, really well. He does. Yeah. Um, so, okay, Mike, let's talk about the sort of how people get involved. What are the next steps? What does this program need? Because if, if for, for the audience, if you're wondering, like, can I sign up? The answer is eventually. Right. The answer. But, you know, we're we're this is in early stages. So what do we need at this point to turn this concept into a clear reality? What are the things that the pieces to this puzzle we need? So I'm just going to give you the most tedious of answers to that. We need money. Um, <laughs> right. This initiative um, costs money. Now, we already have a commitment from. Uh, Maryland Economic and Community Development for, I mean, a, a really nice commitment, but we're not, we're not done yet. Uh, so this first go around is the idea is that it's going to be more expensive. Long term, we have to figure out how to do this really cost effectively. Agreed. Yeah. I think you want to build a volunteer network out to do a lot of what we're doing with, you know, people, uh, people who are don't have that ability to, to be an, in a volunteer situation. So, I mean, you're not only getting, uh, I, I guess, you know, 12 hours or so of coaching per month, but you're also, uh, we're, this involves a lot of our classes, you know, uh, estimating and project management. I mean, if I could had a Petri dish, dish and I could grow estimators, my, the world would be the path to my door. Right. Um, <laughs> it's so true. That in money, if I could, you know, the money thing is that, but the estimating is huge because like I said, it's, it's, it could make and break, make or break your company. If you're not putting everything you need to into that estimate. Um, and that's, you know, uh, maybe 10, 12 years ago, we actually hired an individual whose sole job really it was to work with individual um, MWB companies and help them understand takeoffs. And he's probably spent most of his time one-on-one -on -one with these companies. It wasn't sustainable and this person was in huge demand. And after seven years, he, he, he went someplace else. But during that time, it just really struck me the value that we were providing these companies. Yeah, I mean, wonderful value. Um, so how do we scale that up? You know, one at a time, that's a slow, pretty slow slog. We've got to, we got to figure out how to do this on a much bigger scale. So on, so on one hand, it's money. Uh, on another hand, it, it's talent, right? It's, it's. Okay. And that's obviously we want the right candidates. We're not looking for uh, startups. We're looking for companies that already have got their designation and they have some experience. But again, this is these are early stage companies, probably three years old or less. Um, so where there's a lot of opportunity for uh, 
to getting good ingrained habits and, you know, uh, just gives them, I think, the best opportunity to be successful long term. And you're looking for 10 participants in two different pilot programs, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and then is that the company owners that would participate in? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Probably good. thinking of sole proprietor uh, for this to work because now we realize there are people who are like, you know, I already have space. I, I'm a perfect candidate for what you're doing and I'm already uh, paying rent. I have an office or I've got a great office in my house and I don't want to change that. We don't want to exclude someone like that. We just think by being in a community uh, with that whole sense of shared accountability and encouragement and just having people to bounce things off of that that's going to create the kind of synergy which is a word I never use. I hate that word, but synergy. it fits. Um, kind of synergy to really help help give them the best chance of succeeding. Yeah, love it. I love it. So, uh, and 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 we're you know, if you you may be watching, listening to this right now, and thinking I'm a great candidate, how would uh, how would they reach out? How would they? They should would, they, they should email out? me. Uh, uh, I don't know if you can include that in your uh, notes, um, but it's M Henderson at abcbaltimore.org. Awesome. And you mentioned project management and estimating as coaches. Do you need any other different categories like HR, marketing, accounting, finance? Yeah, we've got okay. we've got all that covered. And there there are some great candidates out there. We just have not landed that plane yet. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. All right, good. And uh I, I want to thank you for having this daydream in the first place and and allowing the vision to take shape with some of the folks like like me and and like Evan and and Verna, the people that you're you know getting involved in this are um, I think philosophically aligned. I think it's the right group and um, I'm certain that we will be celebrating some progress at some point. I hope to have you on about the same time next year and start telling some success stories. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I would love that. And as long as you're, you know, you're pitching out there, general contractors that are listening. And if this is something that you'd like to be a part of, um, please reach out to me as well, because again, we're looking to that community to be probably the best source for our, for candidates. Awesome. All right, Mike. This has been great. Thank you so yeah, much for coming on and talking you. about this. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's yeah. our pleasure. All right, good. Um, Stacy, let's wrap things up. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I. First off, I just I love when new ideas present themselves that could actually make an impact, you know, to on on people's lives and start to make uh, somebody's life better. So I I love these types of, uh, of conversations, keep these going. And thank you for, you know, uh, helping to always set up the coolest guests. Did you guys come up with a name for the program yet? Or are you still working Stop on it? Stop it. We don't know. <laughs> We're working on it, Stacy. Okay. okay. Jeez. 
You got any marketing brain people who want to? I, I might be able to help with that. Well, if we'll provide <laughs> an update to everybody uh, when we have it. You know, Mike is uh, really truly gifted on the on on you know coming up with marketing slogans, terms, things like that. Yeah. I always he's somebody I like to bounce things off of. Uh, so yeah. I'm I'm confident it'll be awesome. But uh, but n- nothing that we're promoting yet uh, okay. that, that, that I know of. So right now, what we really need is. Um, you know, like say funding and, and, and the, the people waiting in the wings for the support. And I think we'll be able to push it through, uh, from there. So, uh, Stacey, who do we have on next week? We have Andrea Jansen and I'm also going to see her for a big event. Um, MCCEI Maryland center for construction and innovation is hosting on February 28th called the image, um, uh, image of the industry event mm-hmm. and Mike Henderson will be there too, or at least one of, um, his partners. So we're looking forward to that. Um, Andrea, we had on before, right. With a woman cause women in construction week is coming up in March. So she joined us and that was a very well attended episode. I think it was last year. Um, but she's going to speak to us a little bit more about diversity and inclusion. So yeah, Andrea, a couple of things on this. She is, uh, she's a partner of, uh, well-built. She's a part, her company is a partner company of well-built consulting. One of the things that we love to do is to help bring the, a message to two different kinds of groups, right? One is the, the group of, let's face it, largely male leadership teams inside construction companies who really do need to be getting some exposure to the value of diversity and learning about that. So I think that's a lot of what we'll be talking about. But we love bringing Andrea in with our clients, Andrea and her team in with our clients to tell that story and uh, to help create awareness and education on on the value of diversity, why that's a good thing. And then the other thing is speaking to the women inside these construction companies, helping them on a leadership development path and helping them to uh, you know be prepared and comfortable to step up into the leadership roles that so many of them should be uh, playing. So uh, and 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 I think the combination of those two things is uh, truly helping the companies that they're doing it with. Uh, and we appreciate that partnership. So I'd love to hear some success stories from Andrea next week too. That'll be a lot of that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great to know that you guys are partnering. I think that's a great match. Yeah, I do, I do too. I, I was I'm, I right after we had her on the first time, I was like, we need to work together. So <laughs> that was uh, that was a discovery and, uh, and and a lot of fun to have her on. So uh, all right, good. Uh, is there anything else on your mind before we wrap things up, Stace? Yeah. For anyone that is still on listening that is interested in this pilot program, I'm going to do a recap. Um, So if you you don't subscribe to our newsletter, please do. And you can do that by reaching out to me at Stacey, S-T-A-C-E-Y-H at steeltoe.com, C-O-M-M.com. And I'll give you, you know, a rough details of what we talked about today, or if you know someone that's interested, you can at least forward to them and then just keep in touch with Mike or Chad as you know, this comes to fruition, right? Yeah, totally. And, and, uh, just another plug for the morning huddle construction show.com. This is a place where, uh, it, you know, if you just look up the morning huddle construction show, uh, Google will now send you to our site, uh, which is a great place for you to subscribe, check out past episodes, make sure that you're connecting with all the stuff that we're putting out every week. Yep. And Super Bowl 
Who are you picking? <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's, I don't like either of these teams. So it comes down to some humans that I'm rooting for. Okay. And I'm, so here's, here's, I think, cause I hate the 49ers, but I really like Brock Purdy. So I hope Brock Purdy wins MVP and they lose 76 to 74 or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just hope it's a shootout. It's a lot of fun. Brock Purdy wins MVP, but the Niners lose. That would be my perfect uh, scenario. And then like, I don't need Kansas city to win. I'd rather they didn't, but somebody has to. Oh, <laughs> so. I want Kansas City to win and not because of Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know who Taylor Swift is. We're going to have to cover that on another episode. <laughs> I think she's been covered enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I may know who she is at this point. I may I have some exposure. All right, cool. Have an awesome day. Thank right. you so much. Uh we'll see you next week. See you guys. Mm-hmm.